You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. We got some stuff to talk about, people. Thank God. <laughs> I think I started the podcast off last week like this, that the content gods have blessed us. They have blessed us again. Rick Bennell sits down with Mitch Kupchak and James Borrego in an exclusive interview via the Charlotte Observer about exactly what all went down this offseason. And it was tough to get the right information because Mitch Kupchak wasn't telling us everything. It wasn't very detailed. Anytime anybody would ask him a question, it seemed like he thought we wouldn't understand the thought process or maybe he was just trying to hide things. Who really knows what Mitch Kupchak had going on up in his brain? We've talked about this before. We know Mitch Kupchak just every once in a while has a really bad either press conference or meeting with whatever reporter puts some stuff out there about him. He comes off well in this, guys, and we're going to talk about it in today's podcast. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Locked On Hornets on Google Podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get in your car or you get home from work, just tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On Hornets. I guess he comes off well if if you like clarity. Maybe you might not agree with him, but at least he is providing us clarity on all of this. Before we get started into this article, I do want to reference something that happened last week on the podcast. Maybe you guys were confused. I want to address something that uh, may have caused some confusion because it, it kind of made me confused as well, and I really couldn't put my finger on exactly what was going on with the roster because of the the the, the way Mitch Kupchak made things seem, because of what was being reported just based on the information that was out there. It seemed like the Charlotte Hornets had 19 on the roster or that 19 players were going to go to training camp. And remember, as we discussed last week, 20 is the max. But then they offered that contract to Jalen McDaniels, and we'll see whether he accepts it or not. And then that would give them 20. But then as Joseph Nation tweeted at me, said, no, this is the breakdown. There are 20 players that are already signed, but it was being reported that there were 19, but there wasn't any player on that list that Joseph Nation tweeted at me that you could get rid of because at the time it was being reported that all of those guys had signed. And so it was a very weird situation. It was very, I, there wasn't any clarity on that front, but now we do have some, as it was tweeted, actually, I'm, I'm recording this Thursday night, probably going to release it Friday morning, but it just was actually tweeted out by Rick Bennell. going to be talking a lot about Rick Bennell and all the information he's given us today. Uh, Rick Bennell tweeted out, not too long ago, about 4 o'clock on Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. Rick says, The Greensboro Swarm has made a G League trade to acquire Kobe Simmons' rights. That's a move to facilitate Simmons being in Hornets training camp next month. So Kobe Simmons was not official yet. Signing Simmons would bring Hornets camp roster to the maximum 20 without so far unsigned second-round pick Jalen McDaniels. The roster is obviously not set in stone. Hornets still want to explore McDaniel's potential as a long-term project. So there you go. We finally are able to figure out exactly what's going on with the training camp roster. There are 20. It's not set in stone. Jalen McDaniel still could be a part of this. And then, of course, one would have to leave because the max is 20. So there is the training camp roster. That's kind of how we're able to figure it out now. You do have 20. 
Jalen McDaniels could be involved in all of this. And if that does happen, then they will have to get rid of somebody else that they've already signed to either an Exhibit 10 or a, a training, just a, any of the training camp invites, whatever contract, whether it's two-way, just whatever way that they are in addition to the Charlotte Hornets franchise, at least at this time, they could be gone and Jalen McDaniels could sign something with the team. Let's get to this article real quick. I, there's a lot to get to. I might try to break this up in a two-podcast, but I first want to start um, with the the young guys and utilizing greens in the Greensboro Swarm since we're already here with the Kobe Simmons trade. So first, Rick Bennell starts off the article, Charlotte Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak won't let rebuild slip from his lips. Transition is the word he prefers to describe his team's life without Kimba Walker, but rebuild the Hornets must and rebuild they will. And of course that is. I mean, Mitch Kupchak maybe doesn't like, I don't know why these GMs don't like the word rebuild. It's funny to me. This is part of the things that I, I just don't get it. Just call it a rebuild. It's fine. It's not a bad word. It certainly brings on negativity because it does indirectly mean that you're going to lose for a little while, but that's something that you have to accept. Nobody's fooled here. This is a rebuild. This is a this is a rebuild of the Charlotte Hornets franchise. So it's just funny to me that Mitch Kupchak and and not just him, other general managers hate, hate to admit that they are going through a rebuild at different times. But you look at Coach Borrego, some interesting words from him. Coach Borrego says, quote, I'm not going to coach a team based on contracts. What you're making, where you're drafted, if you were drafted, to me that's not my job. My job is to get the most out of them, whether they were drafted or not drafted. And so you hear James Borrego talking about this, and at least for me, the first name that pops to my head is Nick Batum. It doesn't matter how much you're making. That's not my job. My job is to make sure that we're moving forward as a team. And so this is interesting because Nick Batum is making the most money on the team, and we all have it well documented into our brains that this is someone that is not playing up to the level of that contract that's not even close. Unless he plays for France, and then he plays closer to the value of that contract. (laughs) But not with the Charlotte Hornets. And so Nick Batum with him kind of fighting for that starting spot this year based on the situation the Hornets are in, maybe this does mean that Malik Monk is going to start at the two and Nick Batum would be on the bench with the Dwayne Bacon being in there at the three. Interesting stuff from James Brago. I'm sure everybody would be excited about that. Even if you are completely out on Malik Monk, I think we can all agree that a third-year guy, you would rather see, you would rather exhaust every opportunity for your third-year first-round selection rather than the 30-year-old who's making a lot of money that we already know what he is based on what he's given us the last couple of years. So James Borrego's comments indicates that he would have no problem going to Malik Monk if he thought that was what was best for the team. James Borrego says, we're not going to have draft picks on our bench who are just sitting there if they're not playing meaningful minutes for us in Charlotte. I promise you they will be playing minutes in Greensboro with the Hornets G League affiliate, The Swarm. And I remember we, we talked about this last week. I thought it was a little overblown that Mitch Kupchak said P.J. Washington is going to spend a lot of time down in the G League. And, and here's Borrego kind of talking about that same scenario. He said, we need P.J. to play some valuable, heavy minutes this season. That could be in Charlotte. That could be in Greensboro. P.J. will dictate that with his performance. It'll, it'll dictate that in how we start the season. He could spend a number of games early in Greensboro or be with the Hornets the entire season. Guys, I expect him to be with the Hornets for a large part. I mean, I think James Borrego 
loves to use the G League affiliate. I reference this all the time because I think it, it, it foreshadowed exactly what he wanted to do. And James Brago talked about Derek White with the San Antonio Spurs, how he wasn't confident, not confident enough anyway, and he wasn't playing well, and he wasn't playing significant minutes. And so they sent Derek White to their G League affiliate. He goes down there. They call him back up. I don't know how long the time was, maybe after a month or so. But he was balling down there, and then he comes back to the NBA, and he acts like he belongs. We get to see a little bit of that here with Charlotte, with Dwayne Bacon and Devontae Graham. Mitch Kupchak talks about how different they are, about how different those two individual players are, how, hey, we're not getting any minutes. We're kind of losing our conditioning. Why don't you send us to Greensboro? Mitch Kupchak mentions that a lot of players think of it as being sent down. They think of it as a demotion. But Kupchak thinks of it as a difference. He thinks of it as, you're just not playing here. We wouldn't send you down. But we just want to get you some minutes. And I think that's the whole idea with Borrego. And I'm not mad at that at all. And so if P.J. Washington goes down to Greensboro for a couple of games, especially if there's a long break in between games every now and then, I don't, I don't hate that. I'd rather see him with the team throughout the regular season, but I, I do think that's going to happen. I really do. I would set the over-under about five games for P.J. Washington. With these comments, maybe I would climb that ladder a little bit more, but I really don't think it's all that big of a deal. I do think P.J. Washington is going to spend most of the time with the Charlotte Hornets this season. And here he goes. He says Bacon and Graham benefited greatly last season from the time with the Swarm, returning from Greensboro as rotation players late in the season. It was that weird thing that happened where <laughs> those guys got a lot more minutes. Some, some Greensboro guys got a lot more minutes in the actual Hornets regular season, and they started to win games, and they were back in the playoff race. Came down to the last damn game of the season. Incredible. So it kind of goes to show you their philosophy with the young players now after they don't have Kimball Walker on this team anymore. And we're going to talk a little bit about exactly how all that went down. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, that's KICKOFF at checkout, and you can receive a discount of up to $100. We'll take a break and get to the comments on Kimba leaving the Hornets. Mitch Kupchak actually going to treat us with a little respect and allow us to learn the plan. Plenty more on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, I mean, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay. <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Good, sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot. There. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast, discussing the exclusive interview between Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer and Mitch Kupchak, as well as James Borrego. Mitch Kupchak told the Observer that the Hornets were, quote, somewhat blindsided by Kimba Walker making All-NBA and thus becoming Supermax eligible. 
He said, while Walker didn't demand the full Supermax, the wide gap between what the Hornets could justify paying and Walker's growing status, it changed the dynamic. I want to talk about them being blindsided a little bit. People might look at that and think, you're the general manager. You need to be aware of all the possible outcomes. But I was pretty surprised when Kimball Walker made All-NBA. I understood that it was a possibility when we got to about January. But we remember, we, we know that Kimball Walker, he really struggles come December, right? I mean, it's been documented the last couple of years. He's had that dip in production in those months. He was great in October and November. He was getting national pub. He was a topic on Around the Horn about possibly winning MVP, whether a team like the Hornets could ever sport an MVP-type player because they were a playoff fringe playoff team. But here's Kemba Walker playing out of his mind, and then December comes, and he just falls off in production. Of course, we would see the January and the February and the March, and we know Kemba Walker would certainly turn that season around again, maybe not quite getting to his November level of play, but we know how good Kemba Walker is. This is nothing new to you. But for them to say they were blindsided by that, I mean, I, I can see that. Because then he goes into why he didn't trade him before he actually got to free agency. And so it would have put them in a better position, of course, to try to get some kind of compensation back. But Rick Bennell asked him that very question. If that was the case, then why did you let this play all the way out to unrestricted free agency? And Kupchak said he believed the chances of re-signing Walker were good at the February trade deadline, and what teams offered to trade for Walker was not head-turning. Kupchak said, quote, almost every offer revolved around draft picks. It was always lottery protected. I get that you guys might say, okay, that's good. Give me the 15th overall selection if we're going to come out of this with just Terry Rozier to, th to show for it and Kemba's going to leave. But we had talked about this a little bit during the season. Like, I get at that time taking the risk of if you're going to re-sign Kemba Walker and if you're going to trade him and all you get back is a, a lottery-protected first-round pick, I don't think people would have been happy about that. Maybe you're so mad at Mitch Kupchak that you would say, oh, no, I'd, I would get that now. But I, I don't think fans get that at the time. I think people are pretty frustrated if that happens at the time. If you get a first-round pick that's only only 15th overall. Now, maybe Kupchak is lying, but I, I mean, that's always a possibility. But if this is the case, if all he was getting back was lottery-protected first-round picks, then I get the point. Things shift when you become Supermax eligible. Things shift in that regard. He also said, quote, when you do something like that, you're saying you're going to draft a player in the teens. We don't know how good he's going to be, and it's going to take three or four years to realize the value. We wanted to keep Kimba under the right conditions. And, you know, we, I mean, yeah, man, under the, under the right conditions, it was always going to be tough. You know, even if he didn't get super max eligible, it was always going to be pretty tough to keep him, but it certainly would have been a lot easier when you don't look at it in the scope of, hey, you could have offered him $20 million, $30 million, $40 million more. You know, that, that, would have been, that would have been a better scope to look at it, and of course, through Kimba's eyes and through a lot of the fans' eyes. But then when you put that 220 out there, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, when you have more money on the table that quote-unquote could be offered, then yeah, I understand why Kimba would want to leave and feel quote-unquote disrespected. And so I get all of that and how watching Kimba Walker leave 
was really tough. I'll tell you this, though. I do think that Mitch Kupchak is actually being honest with us here. Yo, the, the plan's changed. People want the Charlotte Hornets to have a plan and not just kind of be floating around, and I get all of that. You certainly want your team to have a plan. Mitch Kupchak was being coy with all of this, and he wasn't allowing us into what his thought process was, what Michael Jordan's thought process was. The thing we knew was that Michael Jordan did not want to go into the luxury tax without a team that could make a deep run into the playoffs. And I understand that. I think a lot of people understand that premise. And I'm just glad that Mitch Kupchak came out here and talked about the way their, their entire way of thinking. It seems pretty transparent here. In Mitch Kupchak, it seemed like he was taking us in the entire thought process of what had gone on in their minds from February to March to eventually May when Kimball Walker was named to an All-NBA team and how that changed some things and they decided to go into a different direction. And of course, when they decided to go into a different direction, that meant that the Terry Rozier era was here. And we'll talk about that on the other side of the break, the Terry Rozier era that is coming to the Charlotte Hornets. Long day at work, still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you, wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off of their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. The Terry Rozier era does begin in Charlotte. We'll talk about it next here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranaga and James Borrego. Should get the first name right. <laughs> yeah, this, well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay, too. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So we all know we have a new point guard here in Charlotte, Terry Rozier. He comes here from the Boston Celtics via a sign-and-trade for Kimba Walker. Terry Rozier now going to be the guy that probably leads the team in scoring. He's going to get a lot of minutes after playing the bench role for basically his entire career with the Boston Celtics. We know about Terry Rozier and Mitch Kupchak. Rick Bennell writes in his article, Mitch Kupchak allowed a trade exception from the Dwight Howard deal to expire in early July and did not use the full mid-level exception, worth about $9.2 million, to sign a free agent. So Terry Rozier was basically the only veteran acquisition, the only significant one that the Hornets made this offseason. And they could have had other chances, but they did not decide to use the full mid-level exception, and they decided not to use the trade exception. And Mitch Kupchak said, quote, we didn't even contemplate using it. There's nobody we could have signed with that mid-level who would have changed the course of this organization. I'm glad they didn't use that. I don't have any problem. I mean, if they would have wanted to use it for one of these veterans like a Vince Carter or somebody like that, then that would have been fine. But I, I'm, I'm cool with this, with the Charlotte Hornets not deciding to do this. Because you all know that you want your young players to play, and I feel like you already have enough veterans on this team to play the leader role. Marvin Williams is a guy that comes to mind. He can be the leader for this team. I don't know about Nick Batum. I don't know if that's going to be the guy that you necessarily want doing that. Cody Zeller's enough of a veteran where he can be a leader on this team. I think they have enough. And so I don't mind them not using that. 
And, he, and Rick Bennell also writes, get used to that. Even with the Hornets' payroll obligations plummeting after next season, he doesn't see free agency as this franchise's solution. And this is what I love as much as anything that Cupcheck says. He says, quote, free agent signings for us are not something we need to concentrate on going forward. We're not going to get the big fish. We have to create a culture where those kinds of players would want to come here. And quite frankly, we are not there yet. For us to hoard cap room for that purpose is not in the best interest of the organization. Man, self-awareness, boom, right there. Of course, of course Charlotte is not that kind of destination. And this is what I think we had talked about for so long. So Cupcheck said the plan is more to re-sign young prospects, Dwayne Bacon, all the other young guys, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and all of those guys, and and progress with an investment of playing time, as Rick Bennell puts it in his article. So I, I love this plan right now. This is the plan that should be in place. And I'm glad that they've actually provided some things for us to take home and actually understand now what the Charlotte Hornets are doing. Mitch Kupchak comes off pretty well in all of this. I think James Borrego comes off pretty well in all of this as well with his comments about not caring about what your payroll is or what your salary is. Not caring. Nick Batum makes the most money, so it makes sense to put him out on the court. No, that's not what his comments suggest, that he cares about at all. And that's a great thing. And so when you read this article and you read all of the comments that Mitch Kupchak and James Borrego had, it just seems like they have a plan and it seems like they finally get it and they've allowed us into their way of thinking in a way that I don't think that they've done so far. In a way that might make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Look, this is a this is a tough situation to be in. This is still not a good situation for the Charlotte Hornets. This is a rebuild for them. Kimba's gone. I mean, we all understand how tough it was this offseason. So you might not feel more comfortable in that regard, but I think you may feel more comfortable in the fact that here is the plan and they've demonstrated it to us now. And now at least we know in their minds what they're going for. And I like it. Based on the circumstances, I like it. I like everything basically that they said here. You know, maybe there's a couple of things. You know, look, the the Kimball Walker situation about not trading him, like I understand that's up for debate. I get all of that. In hindsight, yeah, you would rather have a 15th overall selection in exchange for Kimba Walker rather than the contract that does come with Terry Rozier. Yes, I would choose the 15th overall selection. But I also understand that way of thinking. At that time, they thought they had a good chance at re-signing Kimba, and then Kimba gets the All-NBA nod. And if you would have traded Kimba for a lottery-protected first-round pick at that time, I'd... I mean, would you guys have done it at that time? If you thought that you had a legitimate chance to re-sign Kimba? I don't know. So they offered him 160, and we all know without the Supermax, they could have offered him 180. You think about that as a $20 million loss, that's not as disrespectful. But when you think about it as a $60 million loss, (laughs) that's way more quote-unquote disrespectful, as we've talked about. Like, I could see their way of thinking of, yeah, we can probably re-sign Kemba for about 160, something like that. I could see that. And so if that was their plan and you didn't want to trade them for a 15th overall selection, who who knows if it was 15th, right? I mean, this is is lottery protected. So at best, it could have been 15th. It could have been something worse than that. 
And who knows if there was multiple picks? Maybe it could have been, you know, it doesn't say multiple first round picks. It just says a, a first round lottery protected. Maybe there was a second thrown in there. It, it's still, still, that's tough to let go of Kimball Walker for that. The real discussion to be had here is whether they should have traded him a year and a half ago. Could they have seen this coming all the way back then? And Nada talks about this all the time, about how reportedly the best offer that they were getting was from Cleveland. And you, you hear mixed reports, but it seemed like possibly that Colin Sexton pick that they eventually ended up using on him, the first-round pick, maybe that was thrown in there. And if that was, then yeah. You know, maybe you would have liked to have used that on somebody else besides Colin Sexton. You could have used, utilized that on somebody else. And, and I, I get that. That's a discussion. I, I'm, I hear you on that. But as far as their way of thinking here, I kind of understand it. I do. Look, I'm not saying this organization is run flawlessly because it is certainly not. It's not even close. It's one of the worst situations in the league. Hadn't been run crazy well by any stretch of the imagination. But I think we did get some clarity in this article. And I do like the plan, given the circumstances that they have right now, I do like the plan that Mitch Kupchak and James Brago have laid out for us. Thanks for listening, and remember you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your patience with me. It's been crazy with football season. Working Charlotte football, uh, 49ers games. I've been working the Carolina Panthers games, so we will try to get these more frequently. And it won't be too long before Doug is able to join me back via Zoom and we can talk about the Charlotte Hornets season. That is not too far away. We're talking about a little bit further than a month out. So thank you again for all of your patience. I really do appreciate it. We'll come out with another one next week. This is the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network.